Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens, but you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long-term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today, 833-687-0700, 833-687-0700. Are you looking for the truth? Tired of the fake news? Tired of the mainstream media telling you what you should think, how you should feel? Then tune into the Matlock Show where I beat the left over the head with the truth daily at 11 a.m. Eastern. Come find me, thematlockshow.com, thematlockshow.com, bringing you the truth daily. Don't miss it. Yes, my enthusiastic crowd, studio audience, they're, as usual, just too kind. And welcome to another episode of Trend Chat. I'm your host, Brian Bledsoe. And as the past couple of days, kind of the same, we have a full slate of interviews from CPAC, but I'm going to maybe do one or two less because I want to have a couple of remarks to President Trump's speech to the joint session of congress last night and so getting straight into it i just want to say to preface anything about about this speech that i'm going to say by saying this in comparison to the past eight years president trump's speech was great (laughs) um so i'm going to say that now overall i i th- I thought it was good um i I wasn't like like I saw with some um just looking at social media where it was kind of kind of over the top I mean I thought it was good I mean he had some real good points and it had some points where in there for me personally that i uh kind of had questions about more than anything uh not so, and not so much as saying. Uh, things were particularly bad mainly because what he's talking about now uh, doesn't have anything any policy backing it up or or any policy to reference so even if I have questions about it the questions may be about how that will be implemented and what not in in what way so um so like the good um being the last day of black history month he acknowledged black history black history month you know i mean i mean it's kind of a given but um uh it also in conjunction with him meeting with the um hbcu historical black colleges and university uh presidents today and actually you know I think I saw a story about some vandalism happening in Howard University. Uh, 
basically, which um, they I guess they're going to do an investigation. Um, personally, I'm I'm guessing it's probably by another black student because now they they're upset that their president made, uh, met with with President Trump and pretty much I mean historical black colleges are pretty much I, I would say ninety percent liberal so so actually that shouldn't come in much of a surprise but like i said he acknowledged um black history month and and in his speech and also some anti-semitism uh, as far as what was going on with jewish uh with um defacing the uh jewish cemeteries um now i had a, a couple of questions um in some some parts of his speech I know at the beginning he was mentioning about a list of companies who was going to bring jobs back, back to to the states and and whatnot. I think he mentioned Walmart and I, I forget all the rest of them. But um, that's that's all fine and good. My question is it is is this going to be are these jobs going to come due to some form of now, some people will call this crony capitalism, which I don't wouldn't call it crony capitalism because it's not capitalism. It's cronyism. I'll put it that way. But if that's the way that these jobs will come back, then that's not a free market idea. And that, you know, I wouldn't agree with that, with that method of bringing jobs back. Um, I'm not just a, um, by any means necessary bring of of bringing jobs back or the ends justify the means. So, uh, that's my questions for it. Now, also the another one that, um, that's, I've, that's been very popular and saying that, uh, for every one regulation you introduce two has to be cut. Now I'm just thinking off top of my head that yes, that, on his face, two you know, two for one sounds great. Okay, you bring in one regulation, you got to cut two more. The, I, but I, may, I guess because I'm thinking of, of how how manipulative uh, you know politicians can be. So I put I think of it like this. Okay, what if the one regulation that they want to put in is bigger than the two that is going to be cut? I, I mean, I hope people can 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 you understand how I'm saying saying this like like i want to i want to bring in this regulation so if i bring in this regulation these other two going to be cut but the one that the one that i'm introducing is bigger than the two that are getting cut so that's my question for that so now now back to some good um immigration now he doesn't go as far as i as i would like it when it comes to immigration but then again, that kind of goes back into actually seeing the policy being forced and and going from there. So that's more of a question. Um, but his stance on immigration is far better than anything that that Hillary would have been saying if she was making this speech right now or anything Obama has said in the past eight years. So that's my back and forth with that. Now, the other thing, infrastructure spending. Okay, um, I mean one trillion dollars for inf- infrastructure spending. Eh, I mean, to me, that that kind of sounded like what well, Obama proposed and did with his stimulus. And 
I mean, the the way he the way President Trump explained it, you know, making sure that um, there's American jobs and um, using, I guess, American, I guess, materials and whatnot. I mean, that's buying American with American workers. That's all great, but the thing about it is the the cost being so high. Now, I know there's roads need to be built, but I just feel that that this should be more pushed toward to the state, more of a state responsibility. Um, or at least if they're going to do it to try to um uh, do this at least more efficiently as far as not having such a high price tag. Uh repeal and replace Obamacare, you know, okay. I'm more for repeal just repeal Obamacare and have free market ideas for the uh for the healthcare system. And I would prefer the word I'll prefer repeal and reform. Um as far as replacing um I would say kind of like what I hear from other people as far as basically making this kind of like Obamacare light. And that's not something I'm in favor of. Um, but, but like I, like I go back to repealing is better than anything that Obama would have said. He would have been taking it to taking it further or what Hillary would be saying right now, as far as what, um, what she would want to do with Obamacare is she'd be talking about a single payer system right now. So that's that's kind of what I'm looking at when I'm looking at when I'm thinking about this speech. Like, okay, well, I'm kind of ba- I'm a little back and forth on it because I'm thinking about it in comparison to what I've been hearing as opposed to and what I could have been hearing. So, um, and um, uh, I know one thing, um. Trying, trying to look at my notes here. Um, I guess with law enforcement, um, definitely just want to. That's one thing that needs to be seen in practice. So a lot of these things, you know, given the fact that he has, he don't, he still doesn't have all his cabinet yet, and these things need to be, I guess, fleshed out. But on the surface. They um a lot of this sounds pretty good sounds good here and just now we're kind of waiting for the policy and kind of like what I mentioned in another podcast um, about um that when it comes to these executive orders and uh, um and other things that 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 the Trump administration is doing now I will feel a lot better if these if all all of these things especially these executive orders are backed up by legislation but um. I'll play that. Actually, we'll play that interview by the Reactionary Times, where uh, where I was interviewed during CPAC. I'll play that, um, not uh, on Thursday, I think. So, uh, so those those are my m- remarks for uh, for the speech. And uh, so, just gonna, um, I guess now, go ahead and get into uh, some some more of these interviews. Uh, actually, I think I might have to push one back to thursday which which is fine um so first we're gonna start off with um antonio okafor um this was cl- uh close to the end of cpac and um 
uh, got a chance to speak with her uh, for a pretty, kind of extended period of time. Um, had had some time to talk, and uh, it was good catching up with her. And um, and here is our conversation. Um, it kind of ranged on a number of things. So uh, here we go. It's politicschicks.com. My name is Brian Bledsoe here at CPAC, and we have the Antonio Okafor. Uh, now, you have so many um, ways people know you from Independent Journal Review, NRA. I'm running out. So what, what else? Oh, so what else I do? I'm, so I'm still a campus carry activist. I, that's still very important to me. But I just started this new initiative called Empowered. Um, I talked about it through my Armed and Fabulous panel yesterday. Um, but it's, it's a new uh, initiative, self-defense initiative for young women, uh, particularly on college campuses. But really that stems from, goes from anywhere from a mother who's visiting her child on a college campus to a graduate student to a professor. Um, women on campus should be able to protect themselves just as they're able to protect themselves off campus and they should have the training and um, environment and support to be able to do that and right now there are a lot of people saying that if you're a woman then you have to be anti-campus carry and I'm here to say that's false. Yeah, I mean, I was actually there for your panel. Um, it was great, and it's it was definitely one of the I would say probably one of the highlights because it just had you know had women to show that kind of go back to what um, Dana Lau said in her um, during her speech, which you were saying about being the face of the NRA, or not not even just the NRA, just the face of just the Second Amendment, and just giving showing the media that you know there are more than just what they try to put out as far as the, their narrative saying oh well they're old white old white men and whatever like that and it's it's events like this that really sh- showcase that to them absolutely yeah i love dana's speech uh, she was fiery and i was like yes that's exactly what you need to be doing because oh, people need to wake up <laughs> you know now given that i'm part of the um, media per se being in the back and hearing that i was like just clapping while they're over there just typing on their keyboards i was just like, i don't care look i don't care if i'm media so what i'm over here clapping yes and when y'all was up there i was like yes <laughs> clapping so you know like, wait a minute <laughs> Are you part of the, no? Um, I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> well, well, you know, I, w- well, I was, <laughs> I was wearing a Second Amendment shirt, so it was kind of showing. So. <laughs> like, look, you know where I am. I don't have to. I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. But no, exa- exactly. It was. I mean, that was a great panel, and those women are strong women, and they've been through a lot. Every single one of them, um, and it's so great to see people who, instead of use that to say, you know what, I'm just going to stay at home and I'm not going to do anything. And so they said, I'm going to take the insults and the people who, because really, you would think that the stuff that they've been through, that people would be more, uh, let's say, you know, friendly towards them, regardless of their ideology. No. Um, So we've all really dealt with a lot of hate, um, particularly from the side that says that they're pro-women, unless you're against what they believe in. Um, But we still use that to help and inspire other women. And that's what I love about um, those women, Kim and Christy and Ashley. Yeah, and you know, that kind of leads into a question I was going to ask. 
just in general, whether we're talking about you know whether you're a woman or just a, a, a black conservative, everyone you know you tend to get all the name calling and everything from you know from all sides. And so I would want to ask you, what would be your words of encouragement for someone that someone else is probably out there that not saying they're a conservative or anything, they're just questioning progressive ideology, but there's but they see what happened to other people that they know that have come out and they are feeling afraid of being ostracized themselves if they come out? Well, I love that you asked that question because yesterday, literally a woman, um, a young woman in college, right after, right before I was going to go my panel, I remember because I tried not to cry before it because I was about to go, and uh, she came up to me, and she's a college student, and she said, you know what, and she's in the, in the East Coast, and she says, you know what, I just wanted you to you know that I get called all the names in the book, including house you know what and all these horrible names that I also get called and she was almost had tears in her eyes and she was just like you know but I look at you at NRA TV and it inspires me and gives me strength to keep going because I know there are other people who think like me even if they don't think like me on campus and I feel her pain I understand what that feels like whether it's on college campus or off college campus whether you're on social media or not and um, people especially have almost made it to a point where it's okay to be vicious toward people who don't think progressively, who don't think um, like leftists think, and anything else is is really a, a, is a way to the means is to say that it's okay because you're, you're against what is best for America. And I think that's absolutely false. What's best for America is that we have these principles and these... Um, these rights like free speech and the First Amendment and the Second Amendment um, and then people get to choose whether they utilize those rights or not um, but they don't inhibit other people from exercising those those rights and that's the difference and so um, I would say to girls like her uh, who share their story who continue to go and and bug stereotypes is that it's worth it um, you know, it's really, it hit hard with me um, once or twice, but that's why you need a good support system. Regardless if they believe what you believe or not, you know, my family doesn't believe what I believe, but I know they love me in the end. And you surround yourself with people who love you and support you regardless of what you believe. And, and that's, those are truly the people who will love you. Okay, we're both getting a little dusty out of here talking, thinking about that. <laughs> so just lighten it up a little bit. Yeah, um. yeah sorry. <laughs> I mean, because I understand what you're saying, like, personally, because yeah. that that feeling, yeah, I mean, having the insults to come, I mean, yeah, we, we try to be Teflon about it, but every now and then some, you know, you, the, the feeling, yeah, the feeling of maybe, you know, kind of being out there on your own, you know. I totally understand it. So when you saying that, yeah, I, yeah. So anyway, yeah. I'm gonna be here in CPAC and be like, oh hey, you're all conservative, and yeah, me too. And, uh, and so that's it's nice to be here. Yeah, and that's what and that's what I was saying myself is that you know a lot of a lot of people here work you know nine to five jobs normally dealing with mostly liberal people or apathetic people. Yeah, apathetic. And so um, so when they come here. It's refreshing that you can actually have a conversation about the Constitution or about something like that without someone on the other table looking at you, having that dirty look. And so, I mean, is like, that, oh, that you're yeah? Straight to your race, just looking that look. <laughs> that, you know what I mean? You, you, know, you know it. You can feel it. You know what? I was at um. So you was at the inauguration for covering for um Independent Journal Review, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. So I was at the inauguration. And I, a quick little story. So I was. Um, I was picking up. Well, my friend was at uh, at a hotel, and we was on our, on our way to go to the inauguration, and we were getting some breakfast at at the hotel. 
And so everyone that is in this little circle, well, I guess you know everybody else getting breakfast. Obviously, these people were not going to the inauguration, but the but the TV was on. It was talking about the inauguration and everything, and people just having their opinions. And people were like, oh, I can't believe people going. Out. I'm it, yeah, and it was outright just saying that. But then when we walked in, we're all we're all dressed up. I got a suit on. No, oh, okay. I, I know. Just, a, no, just, a, just for the simple fact, I was dressed up. I was, you know, I'm dressed up, so they know that I'm going there. Here I am, a black man, and 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 my guest is, is, you know, she was a white woman, and so she, we was there, and you, you could hear a pin drop when we walked in. We was in there getting breakfast. Also, you could hear all the all the forts clanging, people slurping their drinks. You could just hear it all. People ain't said a word. Mental slurp too. You could tell. No one was saying. I mean, no one was saying a mumbling word once we got in there. They were just like, "Oh, we know where they're going." Is that a black dude? What? Yeah. So, so. Do you know you're black? Oh man! How many? Let me educate you. How many times have I gotten that one on on Twitter or Facebook? It's saying that. Oh, oh do you yeah. know? Not, not, no, no, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I've been in the now. I'm, I'm just like um, Clayton Biggums. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, exactly. And it never it it, it hurt, especially from people who you know mm. uh, when they would say stuff like that. But then it's just if you have a legitimate argument, like please talk to me. Let's let's talk it. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about the policies that you do not agree with. But you just by you just saying that oh you're anti-black people because you're for guns on campus. For example, I just got that in my recent one I got on Twitter, and I I retweeted it, and then he, of course it went away because oh he didn't think I was gonna do that. This huh? tweet is unavailable. This tweet is unavailable. Mm, how many times have that happened? Uh, yeah, is that that's the reality of it is. That they're they're just doing it just to do it because they don't really have a legitimate argument against it. Um, and another thing, like a black woman, the other black woman will always be like, "Oh, well, let's talk about your hair instead." I'm like, "Look, if you say you're a feminist, and then instead of giving me a legitimate argument why you're against my argument, you talk about my hair." Please don't say you're a feminist. Please, like for, for the good of feminism, just please stop. Because you just said a week ago that you're more than your than your dress, and then you're talking about my hair instead of what I what you disagree with. So um, please don't be a hypocrite. <laughs> you, you know, actually, we could probably go on for hours with our own war stories, but um, yeah. this is 15 minutes, so I'm gonna try to keep try try to go to another topic. I guess um, well, given the CPAC is almost over, yeah. and so basically. Uh, just give a, I guess, a recap of, of everything that went on. Yeah, well, you know, I got here Wednesday evening. Um, I missed a little bit of it already. They had the activism uh, workshops that I love seeing because it really means that there are a lot of students who are still engaged in the movement, um, and it's growing every year. I love seeing Turning Point USA. They have a big presence here, Young Americans for Freedom. Um, and then also, you know, yet Thursday we had... Um, Oof, it seems like so long ago. Who spoke Thursday? Well, I know Friday. <laughs> Friday, Wayne LaPierre spoke, um, Trump spoke, and then we had our panel. Um, and I know a lot of the controversy with Milo not being here and everything, but I think it was still a lot of people who I spoke to said that this is one of the best CPACs that they've been to. And I think it's because of the unity. Um, you know, we are behind our president. And, and that's it. And we're going to be behind him for the next eight years, and we're going to support him. And it might look a little bit different, um, but I think it's better to have that message of everybody is welcome instead of 
um, trying to segregate like other people like to, particularly on the left. And here's a question I've asked everyone as well. So what does the word conservative mean to you? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're about to go. That's a hard question. For, um, what does conservative mean to me? You know, coming from a Democratic background and realizing after Paul is out as conservative, conservative means to me true American values, values that we were founded upon and values that we're trying to get back to. Um, America is America because of those values. And my family came from Nigeria and immigrated here legally, uh, yes. here, <clears throat> um, because of those values. And regardless of what ideology they have, they still get that there are core American values that transcend uh, whether you're you have an, an ideology that goes towards one way or the other. Um, and that's what I think conservatives are about. They're just bringing America back to values that are, are successful and are, are best for individuals. And so that's what conservatives means to me. All right. So um, how can they reach you on social media or wherever? you everywhere. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, I would love to, um, if you guys would reach me at antoniaokafor.com backslash empowered, and you can see my new self-defense initiative called Empowered um, for Young Women. And if you want to donate or if you want to buy one of the shirts and, and show on social media, um, tag me at Antonia underscore Okafor and tell me how you feel empowered uh, because I want people to know um, that there are different viewpoints of what empowered means, and that includes owning a firearm. All right, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And thank you for Antonia Okafor for her time. And going to get into the next interview, which is with two future female leaders. Um, we actually talked to Amanda Owens, who is the founder of future female leaders yesterday and um we actually are talking to two two more who i guess basically kind of we were kind of giving a review of cpac because um but this was also close to the end of cpac as well um and so um i'm here i'm talking to danielle and alexa and here we go <laughs> Hello, this is politicschicks.com here at CPAC. My name is Brian Bledsoe. Uh, we're here with future female leaders, Danielle and Alexa. Um, how y'all doing? We're very good. good. So, CPAC is pretty much over. Well, we still got a couple more. Um, Sheriff David Clark is coming up next, um, well, later on. And so, what you think of, uh, of the, I guess, the whole conference altogether? I think the conference was very successful. There's definitely a different energy than there was last year. I think last year people were really trying to, you know, push out this big election that everybody needed to be a part of. And this year it's much more relaxed, much more like, congratulations, we did it. Like, we got our beliefs out there. We stood strong in our principles. So it's definitely different, but still good. Yeah, I agree with Danny. It's just more of how we move forward from here. Um, and conservatives are starting to unite again. And um, one speaker that I saw, um, Dana Lash, actually said that, you know, it's good that we had our differences last year. It shows that we're all different and we don't fit into one specific box. And now we're able to just stand behind our president. And whether we agree with him or not, he's our president and we can support him and just move forward from here. I think that was the tone of the whole conference, I feel. Mm -hmm. So, 
Well, being with Future Female Leaders, uh, how has the turnout been um, for you, and I guess specifically? It's been fabulous. It's always a pleasure to be at different conferences, and I know CPAC is one of our favorites just because this is where we really like conceived the idea of the red elephant skirts. <laughs> this is, you know, has, was really a turning point for our organization, so it's great to be back. Yeah, definitely. I think we made a splash with our skirts. Um, it was so fun taking pictures with people. We were able to reach so many other young women across this whole conference and just let them know about our message and help them feel empowered. We also held some meet and greets at our booth, which was awesome. We were able to connect with other conservatives. So, yeah, I think it was a really great CPAC for FFL this year. All right, so um, I guess how many CPACs have y'all both been to? This is my third CPAC. This is my second. Okay. So, um... Well, given that we're coming up with the end of this CPAC and going into, I guess, when the, I guess, and knowing about the Trump administration, um, what are you looking forward to as far as um, whatever come coming through with the administration? Yeah, um, I'm. I guess I'm looking forward to um, just the fact that we have a Republican president in office. And I think that's going to encourage a lot more young conservatives to be able to feel empowered and speak out. And I think that they can definitely find a landing place at future female leaders. Um, yeah, I, I guess that just getting more people involved with a Republican president in office. I think for me, this isn't specific to necessarily the policy of the administration, but I think having such a strong role model in Ivanka Trump is really great for young women our age because it really gives them a strong and empowered woman to look up to and say, if you work hard, this is what you can accomplish. So, um, I guess the question I've been asking everyone also is that um, at the conservative political um, action conference is what does conservative I guess the word conservative mean to you to me the word conservative means standing for principles like limited government and free market capitalism yeah I agree standing for individualism free markets and liberty also just empowering people to live their best life without the government interfering I think people need to make their own choices their own decisions and government limits that and, and now speaking of I guess of empowering I guess, well, young people or women in general. So um, what words of encouragement would you give someone who is maybe not even considering themselves as a conservative that maybe want to speak out and want to maybe want to get more active but but are kind of afraid of being ostracized because they've seen what has happened to other people, uh, maybe someone close to them? You know, this might sound a little bit cliche, but I have always found that the most empowering thing for me is empowering others. So I think when you find a community of people who are like-minded, if you can find ways to encourage each other and really be each other's cheerleaders, that helps tremendously with getting your opinions out there and standing for what you believe in. Yeah, and Danny is great at encouraging other people and lifting people up. I can definitely attest to that. Um, I think people on either side of the political spectrum, I think it's important to just not be afraid to speak out. If you have firmly held beliefs and you know you actually do research and have facts on your side, speak out. I mean, it's, it's not going to hurt, and I think it's important to get young people involved in the conversation. Okay, so um, where can they reach you on social media? You can follow our account, Future Female Leaders, at FFL underscore of underscore America, and you can find me at Danny S. Butcher. And you can find me on Twitter at Alexa Arch. All right, thanks so much for your time. Thank you. And thank you to Danielle and Alexa for speaking with us for a couple of minutes. Um, the next interview is with... Kevin Jackson. Um I I knew he was gonna be at CPAC, but um I just it was just funny actually meeting him because I remember following his um his site, the Black Sphere, 
Um, I, I mean, I still do. It, but I just remember when I remember when I was following back in 2010, and then I got a chance to meet him in 2010 and at a Waco tea party, and um, <laughs> I we we talk about it in in this interview but uh i had him asked him could he do a video for my parents to to, to kind of persuade them to vote republican and um and when i saw him i just mentioned it mentioned that to him i wish i had it on me so i could show it to him but um but yeah it was just it was funny just meeting up with him and um we we talked for uh, for a good number good couple of minutes and um and um and here's our talk right here This is politichicks.com. My name is Brian Blesso. We're here at CPAC. And uh, we have the Kevin Jackson here from the Black Sphere. So, did I say that right? You did, the Black Sphere. Okay. And um, so uh, we're here and just uh, caught up caught up with, with him. And I actually told him uh, about a story where we met in 2010 at a Tea Party meeting. And he uh, did a video for me to kind of convince my parents to, to vote Republican, at least. And it didn't work. <laughs> Unfortunately, but I appreciate it. I appreciate that because I, you know, at that time I was just getting involved and just um, it, it was something that kind of helped me to grow more and get more engaged. You had a crossover. You know, it's funny when, and, and you're probably having that same impact on other people, right? Because a lot of times we've just grown up with this idea of I grew up with Democrats the same way you did and we, I mean I never was but I can understand that people who were died in the world Democrats and, and then you make that transition and it can be tough because you, your family's going to abandon you right and so it takes people seeing other folks and so I, I love when people tell me yeah man you strengthen my backbone and sticking to stay in the course and not you know backing down and things like that so so I, um, I'm pretty I'm guessing this is not your first CPAC. No, no, I've been to about four of them. Okay. So um, so how would you describe the atmosphere as far as, at least from this year compared to last year, if you was here last year? Yeah, this one was different because, you know, they had uh, Pence and Trump, and, of course, they're now president and vice president, and that you saw the security and I mean it's a shame I don't, I don't know how you you, you were, your first one was last year but mm-hmm. there was nowhere near this kind of security you know what I'm saying I mean they had roped off getting to, to I couldn't even get to Radio Row and then they they cut shows in the middle of broadcast so those are unheard of types of events dog sweeping but this is the type of thing we live in a world where liberals really want to destroy us I mean that's the most telling thing about this one is I've watched, I've seen twelve dog, you know, uh, you know, not they're not sniffing for drugs, <laughs> they're sniffing for bombs, and so you're sitting there going, <coughs> excuse me, I'm in a hotel where they got dogs sniffing for bombs. Mm. I mean, and that's the state of our of our thing. But outside of that, um, CPAC is an interesting phenomenon because people, some people come to want to hear the the sessions. I don't want to hear this. I kind of know what my political stance is. And I'm not saying that you can't learn something from those folks. It's just, it's more interacting like this that you end up doing more at CPAC than most. This one's been more difficult because of the logistics. So, you know, there was a point, I was up here for two hours today where they could, you couldn't leave this room because of the where security was. Yeah. So that's the biggest thing. When I first came in the other day, they wouldn't let anybody on Radio Row. That was when they shut everybody down. So that's the biggest change. But, and, and from my perspective, I still think the ACU and CPAC need to do more, uh, they need to get more people involved like yourself. 
millennials, they need to get young women, they need to get all the, the sacred cows of the left that they think that they own, gays, they need them speaking up and saying, I'm conservative and here's why. And they, to me, it's still a lot of the same old same. Yeah, I, um, that's a criticism I kind of have heard from others, at least here, as far as um, looking for new voices in, mm-hmm. in the movement. So. Well, you know, they said they had Sonny, mm-hmm. uh, which is good, and, and, and I didn't see her speech, but Sonny Johnson. Uh, no, I was going to ask you, have, did you? I didn't see you, it. I missed it myself. I wanted But I heard somebody said she knocked it out of yeah. the park, and I'm sure she did. And then, of course, Dana, last year's a friend of mine, and Dana spoke on the NRA and Second Amendment and all that. But, you know, but. And I get it. You know, I understand what they're trying to do, but I still want more. I, I think there's more they can do. And I'd like to see more separate panels that deal with the various issues, feminism, race religion, you know, white privilege versus, you know, black underprivilege, if that's what you're... If, if there's one, there's got to be the other. Uh, I'd like to see us debating uh, foreign policy and refugee resettlement in different formats, you know, and I think that could be so much more interesting. I, the little time I spent in, in one of the sessions, I went in because I was following one of my friends, the little bit I heard, I was bored to tears. So, yeah. So, so what do you think, um, I know they have what they, um, what they call an activism boot camp, where it's kind of, I, I, well, I just want to, is that kind of what you, what you were talking about? I think about we definitely have to get more, you know, like what we do with my team is we, we do these things like random acts of kindness. We film us going out, helping, you know, young girls that are going at the women's shelter. We help poor. We help the men's shelter. And we film these people getting, you know, at the grassroots level, getting help. And, and, and the smiles on their faces when somebody actually calls them by their name. These are people that haven't even heard their name in weeks. You know, Mr. So-and-so. And when you come up, somebody goes through a food line and you're like, Mr. Bledsoe, how you doing? And they look up because most of them are looking down because they, they're embarrassed. And they look up for that one moment of humanity. I mean, that's stuff that we can do easily and help change things. But then activism needs to go beyond that to where we start addressing real life issues in the black community and the Latino community where they aren't setting the narrative for us. So that's what we do. And I hope that you know other people follow suit. Yeah, so, I mean, that's, yeah, just, I guess just being recognized, you know, like I said, by just saying someone's name. I mean, it's, that's a powerful, that's a powerful thing right there. It's extremely powerful, and what we do is, because I own a site called TeaPartyCommunity.com, which is a social media site like Facebook for conservatives, and we tell these people, we just, like, we buy their groceries, and we'll say, I'll, I'll go up and I'll say, Ms. Bledsoe, is it okay if I buy those groceries for you? And they go, well, you serious? And you, yeah, I want to buy. Is it okay if I buy your groceries for you? See, I'm not saying you need me to buy them. I'm asking, is it okay if I do it? And we did this at the a Goodwill. We go up and, you know, you find somebody and you say, can I buy this, Can I buy that stuff for you? And they're shocked. And uh, we had one film where a black lady, she started crying. It was $7.80. And she started crying and saying, I was asking God for a miracle. 
And I'm thinking, $7.80 was a miracle in this woman's life. That's, that, to me, is... Well, that's biblical, because, I mean, it kind of goes back into to the woman who gave, you know, the, 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 all that she had. Mm-hmm. I mean, for her, that's all... And, and maybe well, her case, well, that's all she had. Well, that was my point, is we're, we're paying this thing for her, which was nothing, because, mm-hmm. you know, we, would, we, we had paid a lady's... To get a lady's car out of the pound for 150 bucks. Yeah. But, and she was... Her mom and her sisters were ecstatic, you know, and I said, the Tea Party community did this. And they were, oh my gosh, you know, you don't know what you did and all that. You know what? I don't know, but I'm glad we were able to help. But those types of things are what we're talking about in terms of activism, where these people will change the way they view us. And, And quite honestly, from a black community perspective, we need them to stop calling us Uncle Tom's and, you know, step and fetch it and all these other things, because we're actually helping the black community more than any of these race pimps that are out there so so that kind of goes into my next question um so being a black conservative i mean you know we both know the name calling and what comes along with it from mainly from other black people Mm -hmm. so what will you what will you tell someone who is who is questioning progressive ideology i'm not saying that they said okay they know that they're going to be they're conservative or libertarian but but they're a question. They know they don't like the direction that they're going, following the pro- those progressive, um, well, regressive policies. So, what what words of encouragement will you give them to step forward? You know, the, the only thing you can do with those folks. I've had a discussion with a young gay girl at lunch today, and she was talking to me about. Um, why she moved away from conservatism and she said it was because of gay marriage and I said we don't have any problem with you being married I go but you're fight you're making us fight you so in other words if your friend she was with a friend I said if your friend says to me um, Maribel is getting married I'm going to say well who's a lucky guy now the leftists are going to be offended because I assume that you're marrying a man but that's because of my definition of marriage it has nothing to do I didn't dispute that you're getting married I I have a problem with it I just said who's a lucky guy now you might say then well I'm not marrying a guy I'm marrying a, a girl and I'd say then no you're doing something with a girl that I don't have a problem with, but you can't call it marriage because I know what that definition means. Now, if you were to use the term for lesbian marriage as larried, larried <laughs> I would, and you, your friend said, Kevin, Mary Bell's getting larried, I would have said, well, who's the lucky girl? <laughs> In which case, you would then know I'm not homophobic. I'm congratulating you, etc. If I ask who's the lucky guy, you then make the jump that I'm homophobic, I'm a misogynist, because I only think about the man side of it, and you're going to jump to all these different conclusions. And that's what the left does. They put us in these quandaries by stealing a word that everybody knows what that word means. It's not offensive that I ask you who's the lucky guy, because that is the definition of marriage. So my point to it, and I was talking to Tom, the Washington Times about this, we have to learn how to fight those types of scenarios that put us at odds with the LGBT community when most people I don't agree I don't agree with their lifestyle I, if my sister were gay I would be shock, a little shocked but at the end of the day I wouldn't care and so I don't I no more care about who she chooses to be happy with than the man on the moon but she doesn't know that and so we've got to do a better job of uh, making them understand what we're about 
as opposed to, uh, you know, just essentially giving up because she she called that a uh, she says I'm socially uh, I'm fiscally conservative and socially liberal and I said what's socially liberal well I'm gay and blah 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 and I go what is how do you have a lot how do how does liberalism have a lock on what people think about gays you know they think positive we think negative that's not true because I know most of the conservatives I know don't care who you have a relationship with we care that you try to legislate with it so what was cool and I told Tom this she goes I really appreciate you explaining it it was like to watch her like understand it was really cool and I was like well good because you know, and, I, and I told her I said I'm right of freaking Reagan so if you want to judge conservatives you just sat We and, and she gave me a card she runs a restaurant she says you got to come to my restaurant and we became literally I'm telling you I'll be friends with this girl because she was her mind was so open as to what conservatism means and so that's what I say we, it, we all have that opportunity to touch somebody all the time and if we pass it over and we think government's going to do it for us we're in trouble Trump can only do so much it's what you do at the at, the, at your level when somebody says you know who are you for and you say I'm for Trump and they're like what nigga you Ooh, you can't put that on there but you know you for Trump and you're like yeah yeah I'm for Trump and then you're going to find out there's two or three other dudes for Trump that didn't say anything and then but more importantly you're challenging this guy that, that obviously wasn't so what I would say to him is so what you were for that ugly rich white woman <laughs> I would put him on blast you know you what, what were you for Hillary <laughs> I'm going to make you have to come to grips with who you're with because you're going to say you for the rich white now I'm for that dude that could have given me a job Hillary couldn't get you no job what was she going to do you know I'm going to make you depend so anyway I think that if we do that more often we'll, we'll uh, win the cultural battle over time it's going to take some time though. Okay. so you have anything else uh, coming up well uh, I'll be back on outnumbered on Fox on March the 16th I'll be back up there for that and probably we'll do the five as well and outside of that I'm working on my radio shows going back on satellite not XM everybody thinks I'm going on serious <laughs> satellite to where it's going more markets and of course go to the blacksphere.net that's where I write everything alright alright Kevin Jackson thank you so much for your time my pleasure and thanks to Kevin Jackson for the Black Sphere um, for talking with us for a couple of minutes. Um, well, we're at the end of the show. Uh, the program will be back tomorrow with some more interviews. With um, uh, We have to cut one, but we're going to add that on to, ne- to the next one tomorrow. And that will be the last one. I'm probably going to do a a video recap this weekend definitely you know definitely with everything with all these interviews and with um, president trump's speech so um most like i definitely will be doing one this weekend um so uh to tomorrow i will chat with y'all later cox can help make your home smarter and your life easier Now you can use your Contour voice remote to connect to your home life cameras so you can view them right on your TV screen using simple voice commands. That makes it easy to keep tabs on what's happening around your home right from your couch. Need to keep an eye on the kids when they're playing outside? Just say, show me my backyard camera into your Cox voice remote and watch them while you're in the house. 
And if you're waiting for a delivery and want to make sure it's there on time, no problem. Just say, show me driveway camera to check on it with your Home Life HD cameras on the TV screen while you go about your day. When you live in a home powered by Cox Internet, you can stay connected to what matters and let Cox take care of the rest. To learn more about all the benefits of your connected home, visit cox.com slash thisishome today. Oh, now they need to see my birth certificate. Hmm. Honey, where do we keep the birth certificates? Why? Buying socks. Socks. I'll check upstairs. It's easy to be unsafe online. You're the best. Now it's easy to help protect yourself. Norton 360 with LifeLock gives you device security, a VPN for online privacy, and identity theft protection. All in one. Opt in to cyber safety. Save 25% or more off your first year at norton.com news.